Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. You know, can I just encourage everybody, the, our team who is around the world right now, uh, obviously Pastor Liam and Lisa are here with us, but that's a big challenge for them because they're called to be in Zambia and they're here. But uh, the, the teams are having to deal with pandemic all the time, difficult, up and down, wearing masks to church. Any encouragement you can do to them too, by the way, text, messages, watching a service, putting a comment on their services, uh, uh, anything you can do. Home groups, sending them off a, a package, a basket, love to Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne, you know, they leave here from us and straight into lockdown. That's just gone on and on and on uh, when they're meant to be out helping start a church. Any encouragement you can do, it's really helpful if we think beyond ourselves and go, what are they facing right now that I'm not facing? What cost are they going to pay for the gospel that I've never paid and am currently not paying, but how could I encourage them? Sometimes we can't do what, you know, sometimes we're not called to do what others do, but we certainly are called to help them and encourage them in the midst of their challenge. Matthias and Nicole, so challenging in Germany. You see, it's a nice photo, but they had so many of their team return to their countries who were key people in Germany. So all their services are with masks and then... Half the team had to go back to all the countries they came from because they're all or cities in Germany. Um, they're not all from Hamburg. And then you're losing your key team and then you have to do church. None of us have the concept of that, of you leading something and then a third of the people working with you or half leave. What is that like? And then you're like, you have to keep going. So can I encourage everybody, take on board that, but Matthias and Nicole are champions because so difficult what's happened for them. They lost so many people who, were, who, had, who left jobs, all kinds of things had to go, but that meant their team was, um, you know, cut in half, uh, actually even, even more in the top team. So we need to go, Lord, help us to have empathy and help us to feel for them. So any encouragement you bring everybody is so important. You know, uh, uh, at the end of the service, we're going to bring forward our missions, faith promises for 2020. I pray that you've uh, thought about that and prayed about that. Don't treat it glib, everybody. Really say, Lord, what is my part? What do I need to do? And I love uh, Lilis Trotter. She's been the star for me this year, the missionary to Algeria, who went there with two other ladies, three women, went to Algeria uh, in the 1800s when it was totally Muslim. And, uh, and I just happened to see the Christian Post in America talking about how the church in Algeria had grown 50-fold in 10 years, but they never mentioned Lilis. And, uh, but I'm like, what a star. No one talks about her and her two friends, but she actually, with those ladies, birthed the church in Algeria. And so she said, here's one. She says, dare to have it out with God and ask him to show you whether or not your all is focused on Christ and his glory. So she said this in the 1800s, dare to have it out with God. What does she mean? Get into a big discussion, and if it gets tense, God's got big shoulders, that's fine. And she says, dare to have it out with God, and ask him to show you whether or not all is, your all is focused on Christ and his glory. Everybody, Paul, who was an amazing scholar, an amazing uh, Jewish leader, he was a scholar of scholars, Jew of Jews, who God touched incredibly uh, on the road to Damascus. And uh, we saw how Saul became Paul. He was persecuting Christians and murdering Christians. 
And so this incredible uh, salvation happened for somebody who was actually a murderer. If he saw you today being a Christian, he was planning to have you taken out. Yet he became one of the New Testament's greatest Christian leaders, wrote many of the epistles, uh, Christian leaders ever in the New Testament. But he says an amazing thing in Romans 1, verse 13 to 16. He says, now, I do not want you to be unaware, uh, brethren, brothers and sisters at Global Heart Church, that uh, I like this. I often plan to come to you, but was hindered until now. That's Pastor Liam and Lisa right now. They're longing to go to our family in Zambia, but there's a hindrance. And he says, that I might have some fruit among you also. What does he mean by that? Just as among the other Gentiles. And then he says this astounding thing in verse 14. Paul says, I am a debtor. I am in debt. What, what do you mean? He goes, I'm in debt both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and, un, and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Paul is saying, now Jesus has come into my life and I'm serving God. He said, he said I want to have fruit. He's talking about salvation. He said, now that my eyes have been opened, now that I've been saved, I now want to have fruit with you. I want to see salvation with you. And I'm missing you. I'm being hindered from coming to you, but I really want to come and see the fruit. What is that? The fruit of souls, not just the fruit of meeting or the fruit of connecting, but it's the fruit of salvation. And then he says, actually, I owe the gospel, really, to the Greeks and the barbarians. Who's the barbarians? That's pretty well the Romans and probably, probably us. And he, say, he says, I, I owe it both to the wise and the unwise. And he says, I'm ready to preach the gospel. And... Uh, Scripture tells us going on that, that uh, the preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. He's saying, I've got to preach the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. That's why when you come to church or you visit and you hear the gospel, it's amazing how people can be in a wild club, a sinful place, whatever, and then they go walk into God's house and it's like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> they're more freaked out in God's house than the club. Why? Because the power of God is there in the people who are saved, and the power of God is there in God's Word. So when a person declares his Word, the power of God is in that Word, everybody listen, to save you. The Bible is written to bring about salvation, not you going, going, oh, well, I had a nice religious experience. No, that was never the intention. It was that you would be changed by the power of God through the Word of God. So, so Paul's saying, I'm in debt. Everybody in Global Heart Church, can I just encourage you? He's saying to you, you're in debt. If you're a believer, he's saying you owe the gospel to others. Because this life is short. This life is very short. It is quick. I've got a birthday next week. What the heck? Where is happening? Granddad is coming quickly. <laughs> It's like, what happened? Time is going quick. And uh, I want to encourage you that right now is your moment to make a mark with your life. Don't leave your finances for others when you're dead. Set your children up. Amen. But do something in this life that helps other people. How many billionaires die and they got their cars in the garage and who cares at the end of the day? I'm always like, go to a country in need and sit with the people who are suffering. Let your heart be changed. And then the greatest thing you could ever do 
is to have your business, hello, kingdom-centered, and then care for those who are suffering in need, the children, and bring the gospel of salvation to them. So Paul's saying to us, you've got a debt, Global Heart Church. You owe the gospel. You've received salvation. Now you need to give it. But it's costly. It's sacrificial. Can I encourage you, don't do a missions promise if it's a glib thing for you. It's not worth it. Do something that you've wrestled with God about and said, Lord, what's my part? What do I need to sacrifice in order to see people receive the gospel of salvation that I have received. And some of us, your parents might have been Christians. Mine weren't. Your grandparents might have been Christians. Well, you've got to thank God too and honor God through your giving for the fact that your grandparents heard the gospel and received Christ. So Paul's saying, you know, Jew of Jews, scholar of scholars, i got a debt. And I need to pay the debt by bringing the gospel to others. You know, in Acts chapter 16, uh, it says here, once again, Paul saying, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God under salvation for everyone who believes. If you put your belief in Christ, you shall be saved. And he goes, For the Jew first and then for the Greek. And then in verse uh, 9, it goes on and says, And I had a vision, appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I'll just stop there. You know, God spoke to, well, actually gave Paul a vision of a man saying, come over here and help us. Come and help us. Not come and, you know, uh, you know give us cars. Not come and, you know, do this for us, build house. No, come over here and help us. What, is, what was the help needed? The gospel. The gospel, the good news of Christ. And so Paul, up until that stage, had been at a standstill, literally on the east coast of the Aegean. And now he has a man saying, come over to Macedonia, which was northern Greece, and help us bring the gospel. And it sounds a little thing. And Paul says, okay, we're going to go there. We're going to preach. But once again, the ripple effect of Paul's going to Macedonia, northern Greece, was... That's where he actually was in prison. There's a great ripple effect. He was in prison for the gospel, but even there God used it because he wrote, uh, you know, epistles from prison, right? But him and Silas were there. That led to the conversion of the jailer and his family. Then led to Lydia's conversion, who was a businesswoman who ended up funding and helping the church to be built. And uh, in actual fact, the people saw the power of God because there was a woman walking before uh, Paul and Silas who was possessed by a spirit. And she's calling out, these two men are from the, the Most High God. These two men are from the Most High God, which kind of sounds good that she's proclaiming them. But she actually had a spirit that was proclaiming what was true, operating out of her. And, that, and what hap- would have happened was her and the spirit would have got the glory not Jesus. So Paul cast that demonic spirit out of that woman and she got free. And uh, so you got to look into things in the scripture. What was that about? She actually was going to bring the glory and the focus back to spiritual things into her gift, not to the fact that this was all about one person, Jesus, though she told the truth and Paul delivered her. From that that, uh, trip over, his second mission trip, everybody, which included Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. From that trip, the gospel went out, listen, to the Western world and to Rome and out to the Western world. 
So from following the vision, you and I are sitting here in the uttermost parts of the earth, (laughs) in Perth, Western Australia, and wherever you've come from, the fact that you're here today, the gospel came to you because Paul obeyed the vision that God gave him to go to northern Greece and help bring the gospel. So everybody, we're obeying the vision that God gave us, which is, where are we going to go? Zambia. And where Sue and I have been before, Sue and I have been to London, went there, and we're in London for six years. And then I worked in Kiev in Eastern Europe, 19 times I've been there working with their Bible college and church. Went there. Then we worked with Japan, across Japan. Many of our team here have been to Japan, helped them get now 16, 17 campuses happening in Japan. Our church has done that. Now we're in Germany, Hamburg, not Berlin. We're in Hamburg. We didn't go to the capital. We went to where God told us to go. Then at the right time, God said, go to Melbourne. Everybody, we're doing what the Lord has given us the vision to do, but we don't know the fullness of it. We don't know the greatness of what God's doing. I like William Carey when he said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. This is for you and your family, by the way, too. This is for you, single person. Attempt great things. Sorry, sorry. Expect great things from God. And then attempt great things for God. That's all we've done as we've attempted. Said, Lord, we're going to attempt to do that. We're going to attempt and to go and do that, but we're expecting on you, not on us. And, uh, and then when we've done that, God has been with us. C.T. Studd, great leader, great pastor, great preacher, said, Only one life, it soon will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Do you, do you, everybody, do you realize that? You've got one life, it's going to soon pass. Only what's done for Christ from your life will last. And it's actually the only thing that matters. You know how I grew up in a Roman Catholic Irish family. We spent a lot of picnics at, few, at cemeteries. <laughs> oh, gosh. While you're all having family time, we were at the cemetery, and I'm looking at everybody's dead. And uh, all the family members who we liked, most of them were in the grave. But anyway, that's another story. But it's actually from time to time, if I'm in a city, I'll go to a cemetery for evangelistic purposes, not to go back to some sentimental thing of the past. But I go to go, this person's gone. This person's left. This person's gone. This person's life is over. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. And everybody now is standing before God in eternity well, the Bible says we're in sleep till God awakes us, and then, we're, then the Bible says to die. Then the next thing that will happen is God's going to judge us for our lives and uh, reward us. I love that. The reward is coming. And I think we're going to see some people who we think are going to be rewarded. It's going to be some people, Lilith Trotter in the backwater of Algeria. Go forward now. It's the people who have paid and sacrificed uh, many times things that we'll never understand. But I, I do go and I'll look at a historical thing to go, this person's life is gone. And a reminder to all of us today, listen, your life will soon pass. Your life will soon pass. You will not care on your deathbed about your job. You will not care about your business. You will not be going, as you're taking your last breath, give me my Facebook post. (sighs) Facebook, you will not care. You will care, did my life matter to my family? Did it matter to my church? Did it matter to my friends? And most importantly of it all, Jesus, did my life matter for you? David Livingston, the great 
missionary to Zambia whose feet we follow. We get in the, in the slipstream of him. David Livingston said, If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? Say that again. If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? Everybody, God has brought us to this point in our lives, if you're a believer, to now play your part in his kingdom. You're in debt. I'm in debt. And it's to people who have not yet received Christ around the world. Sometimes churches like to go to places where all the Christians are. Well, we want to go to places where sometimes we go to places that definitely are religious, but people are not in a relationship with the Lord. They've got a form of religiosity, but there's no salvation. So God's called us to go there. Right now, for those who didn't hear, we're in the, we've been declaring we're in miracle territory. And right now in Zambia, you guys heard the story. We went and um, I said to our team there, let's start looking for land in Zambia. Let's trust God. We're in miracle territory. Let's believe God for some land in Lusaka in Zambia. And the guys went looking. Most of the land was 700,000 U.S., 800,000 U.S., 900,000 U.S. in areas that we didn't uh, want to have church uh, outside of the city. And then next minute, they go and find a piece of land in Lusaka that is um, the size of here, Winton Road, where we are. You can put this building on there here. could have an upstairs balcony as well for church in Zambia. And they go and um, see it. And the land is on the market. And the guy wants 500,000 US, which already is like a fantastic bargain. And uh, a group of people offered 500,000. And the owner says no. He's in his late 70s, and he says no. So then God sends in backup. Whatever you do, everybody, no matter how little, you never know when God's going to use it. Let's put up Justin here. You, got, you guys, there's the video of the land. Where's the photo, boys, when you're ready? When you're ready. Just go straight to the photo. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, so you. Hello. Nope. Anyway, so what's happened is Justin's gone in there who's in the leadership seat right now with um, uh, our church in Zambia. So he's gone in and spoken to the older man, right? You guys any good? You all showed me a photo that was going to go up. Nope. This pastor gets fibbed too. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey. Hey. The years have been harsh. Anyway. <laughs> Ministry takes its toll, everybody. Ministry. So anyway, so there's Justin there, right? So he's... Sue and I's first sponsored child. As you know, we sponsor 1,251 children now in Rwanda. But there's Justin. Just, so we sponsor him. And I said to Sue all those years ago, God's going to use this kid. I'm telling you now, God's hands on him. And Sue'd say, all the kids here, that we had 150 children then sponsored. I said, yeah, but there's something with this boy. Justin went in and spoke to the man and said, that's him there. He's an adult now. In case you're wondering, do you send kids to do deals? Well, if it works, yes. <laughs> so... 
So uh, Justin went and spoke to the man, and he said, we want to buy it for our church. And, uh, and the guy says, oh, I'm Catholic. Oh, well, same Jesus. That's a good start. And then he said to Justin, listen to this, everybody. Everything you do, and we're even ascending. I said to Justin, go to Zambia on the way back to Rwanda, and uh, let's get you trained up there. Well, that was for, supposed to be for a year and a half. That's been five. And Justin goes to the man, and, he, and the older man says, you're from Rwanda. And he goes, oh, no, where are you from in Africa? And Justin said, Rwanda. And he goes, your, your people suffered a terrible genocide. He said, that was terrible. And he starts he start saying to Justin, I feel for you about that. And then he says, what do you want to offer me? So the other people have offered 500,000. Justin says, we want to offer you 300. And he said, I'll take it. You see, everything has a ripple effect. If you do, if I never sponsored Justin, no miracle in Zambia. Who's going to go and do that? Or maybe one of the guys might have, but maybe the guy would never. The fact that he happens to be Rwandan and we go, Lord, where do you want him to go to? Send him to Zambia. What does the Holy Spirit want you to do? What does he say to do? Do that. And so then the contract has arrived, signed from the guy now. It's arrived, everybody. And the architect who just built the latest building in Lusaka, which is a fantastic new church for Lusaka, it's brilliant. The architect who designed that and just had that built, he's in our church as well. So I just want you to get this. If we didn't sponsor him, he's not there to do the deal. If we didn't say, Holy Spirit, what do we do with Justin now? And God goes, send him to Zambia. He's not there in Zambia to set up the deal. If, we didn't, if I didn't say, hey, I'm not from Zambia, but let's go to Zambia because the Lord's telling us to go there. And if we didn't give, and if I didn't give, if Sue didn't give, if, if my wife didn't say, when I said, uh, I feel called to Western Australia, but it's going to take our salary. We're going to have to give a year's salary to this, to plan a church. Sue, give up your salary for a year. We're going to go to Perth, Western Australia, to people you don't know. You've never even been there. And Sue goes, okay, let's do it for people and for Jesus. Glad she said yes, because you're here. See, there's, there's always somebody got to say yes, and then somebody's got to back it up with finance. You can't just say, oh, yes. No, it's costly. It's cost us a lot over the years. It's costly. But listen, you're worth it. Every person is worth it. And now I got a big smile on my face that this young boy that only spoke French in those days to me, I'm like, this kid, that kid just did the deal on the land. How good is that? The child you're sponsoring may be our next miracle. And as you heard, I said to Justin, well, you might be the first child ever to fully repay their child sponsorship. <laughs> he said, Dad, I'm planning to resource the church now. I'm planning to resource the church. Everybody in our church in Zambia now who's resourcing the church and understands they're not there to attend. They're there to resource. The job is coming. The business is breaking out. The promotion's coming. Our worship leader, what was he, Ishmael, uh, who didn't even have a job when we started church in Zambia, he was speaking and bringing something to the finance ministry of Zambia on Friday. I'm like, like, really? Really? Hello with God? Really? We just have to say, Lord, what is our part? 
And then you begin the supernatural. Listen, you begin the supernatural in your family. You begin the supernatural in your children. You begin the supernatural in yourself, your wife. You start to enter in a supernatural that you've not known. Life is so boring without God's calling. Life is so boring without fulfilling God's purpose. As you start to do this, everybody, listen, you're going to begin to have joy like you've never known before. As you fulfill, hello, your part in God's purpose, your part together at Global Heart Church. It's not equal sacri- It's not equal giving because some of you are called to give to God tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Somebody in our church has given a million dollars so that we could purchase our building next door, a million dollars. Some of you are called to resource. Your gift is to make finance, but it's not just to, it is to get the boat. It is to be blessed. Absolutely, be blessed. But it's blessed to be a blessing. That God would use you to then build His house in Australia, around the world. Help more men through Tenacious House. But everybody, it's not equal giving because everybody's got different levels of resource in that area. But it is equal sacrifice. It is equal sacrifice. And if you want to see the miraculous, which is what we see now all the time, you've got to start to do things that open the door of the miraculous over your life, over your family, over your children, over your grandchildren, over our church. And then you'll be coming to me going, oh my gosh, I can't believe what's happening. And I'll be saying, that is pretty amazing because our God, everybody, is amazing. Let's do something great together. 2022 is our year to do something incredible coming out of this world situation. We are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Can somebody say a big amen to that? Come on, can somebody say a big amen? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.